You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast, episode 434. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP434. Oh, well, hey there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing, or your partner asks what's bothering you, and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, pod people. Amy here, and I'm bringing you a topic today that we are all very familiar with. We're going to talk about stress. And I specifically wanted to bring on a guest who could talk to us about the long-term effects of what is actually happening to our bodies when we have a prolonged stress cycle. I also think there's this interesting dynamic that happens probably disproportionately with women where we take on so many things. Perhaps it's domestically, you are kind of in charge of the household, you are the one to keep all of the birthdays straight of everybody in the family or to orchestrate events in your friend group, or you are expected to do all of that and maintain running your own business or working 40 plus hours a week, not to mention that depending on what sort of career path you're in, you may have a bunch of work-related stress compounded with what we're dealing with in our society. If you're a part of a marginalized identity or a grouping of, of people where there's additional social stresses, we're dealing with an overload of stress response. And that's leading to epic amounts of hormone issues, adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue, all sorts of different things. And we're seeing it rampantly hit women. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit more from a medical standpoint, but from somebody who is more holistically minded. So I'm going to give a call to a friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Marisa Snyder. She's incredible. She's a functional practitioner, and she's an expert on women's hormones. She has authored not one, not two, but eight books, y'all. And The Essential Oils Menopause Solution, that's one of her books, focuses on solutions for women in perimenopause and menopause. Hello? (laughs) Any other Gen Xers out there? And she also has a number one national best-selling book called The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, which helps to focus on balancing women's hormones naturally. And she has a really unique story because I think she has found herself in a similar situation to many of us where, oh, okay, in order to get ahead, I need to hustle, 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 and I need to push, 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 and kind of burn the candle at both ends. And just like many of us, had a physical response to that where her body just kind of said, nope, nope, (laughs) not anymore. And I know that's happened to me. And I've heard that from so many other women that I've worked with, clients and students. And it's interesting because when we start broaching that topic with traditional Western, Western medicine doctors, we tend to get dismissed or get really band-aided types of solutions like you just need to rest and it doesn't feel doable or applicable and it feels highly dismissive. So I'm going to give her a call here in a second. Hopefully she answers. She has also been a key lecturer 
at wellness centers and conferences and corporations specifically on hormone health, essential oils, nutrition, detoxification. She's been featured on Dr. Oz, Oprah Magazine. Like this gal is is legit. She's the real deal. She's got some awesome freebies for us as well. So let me give her a ring and see what she has to say to us about mitigating stress. Hey, how are you? So girl, you just caught me. I was in the middle of a big poopy diaper change oh, and no. I got that handled. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, you never know. Like one minute you are doing this. The next minute you got a poopy diaper on your hands. But <laughs> Girl, I do not envy you at all. <laughs> Luckily, Kingston, my, my, my one-year-old is the cutest about it. So it's all good. He's a cute pooper. Is that what you're saying? He is a cute pooper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So listen, I'm over here with the audience and we've been talking a lot about stress and how it kind of disproportionately affects those of us who identify as women. And I thought I've got to call up Dr. Marisa. I've got to see if she's got a handful of minutes to chat with us. Um, because you've literally written a book on it, like multiple books on it. So (laughs) do you, do you have some time? We can kind of pick your brain a bit. Absolutely. I actually, and as much as I love being with that sweet baby, I love doing adult stuff too. (laughs) Yes. Do you, okay. Do you just obsess over sniffing him? Does he have the best baby smell? He's got the best everything smell, you know? And so I, yeah, that's where I'm at in the, in the mama journey. He is just the, the cutest, but you know, with that said, I love, I love these conversations. I love being able to show up and serve women, to serve women, women, people who identify as women. Um, and really just everybody, you know, cause I know what we're going to be getting into today impacts all of us. It can really set us back in a lot of ways as well. Well, I know that you have a very specific conversation that kind of started your relationship with stress and working hard, quote, working hard Mm -hmm. that happened when you were nine years old. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I was nine, I got a mega download. Um, as, as, as nine-year-olds do and or six-year-olds <laughs> or seven-year-olds. Right. And the download was from my mom growing up when I was younger. Um, I was told I was uncoordinated. Um, I didn't have good balance. You know, I, I couldn't use scissors very well. And I, that I wasn't a very smart child. Like it, I kind of just got put into this, in this container of n- not the sharpest, child on the block, you know, what do you, what do you do with that information? Like I just, I thought for so long, I was not a smart person. And I remember my mom sitting me down and and really kind of having this like critical, crucial conversation and saying, Hey, like, you know, not everyone is talented in the smarts department, but the, you know, the one thing that you, you can do that you can leverage is that you don't need to be the smartest person in the class. You need to be the most determined. You need to have the most focus. You need to be the person who wants it more. So what you're going to have to do in your life in order to make up for this massive lack of yours is you're just going to have to work harder than the person next to you. And as long as you want it more than they do, you will probably come out ahead. It kept as my download. It was my belief for so long that I wasn't naturally smart um, and that I had to work really, 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 really hard um, to create success. And, and, but I thought, you know what though, I can do that. My mom was like, you can do this. That was always the anchor that I held on to was that if I can out hustle this person, I win, I win the game. And I did that. I would say up until I was 30 years old. (laughs) Yeah. 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 A long part of my life was devoted to just outworking other people. Well, it's interesting because we talk a lot on the show about perfectionism and Mm -hmm. overachieving and Mm -hmm. checking off the boxes. And I think it's interesting for a lot of women because they realize that that hustle or whatever it was that put them into a sort of a permanent stress cycle actually did pay really good dividends. Like they did go through the schooling. They did start the business. They did uh, write the book or multiple books or whatever. So how did you end up shifting between 
okay, this has served me in some way, but then it's also costing me severely in some way. Like, how do you navigate that balance? This is how I've, I, I navigated it then is I didn't have a choice. It was the getting hit by the car moment. And I think that unfortunately for many of us, that is, that's the moment where you're just like, I, I just can't even continue. I am yeah. so sick and my body is so dysfunctional that if I don't change, if I don't shift gears in 10 years, I don't want to know what 10 years from now looks like. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was it for me. And yeah. Amy, honey, there were so many sad benefits to this hustle. (laughs) I was so disillusioned (laughs) by this way of operating by constantly leveraging the stress response system that I thought it was my slight edge. I thought that this, I thought it was like my, my super booster power, Hmm. my booster pack, you know? Hmm. And I just was like, it was like that little extra booster. You can't keep borrowing from yourself every day and expect that you're going to be functioning a decade into that. Right. And so at 30 years old, you know, I had started being really irritable. I had, I had needed a coffee or an espresso at two or three o'clock in the afternoon for years. And I remember asking friends and family and even other practitioners, I'm like, is this how it is for women? And, and I remember just everybody and their mama's mama telling me, yep, that is how we operate. That's how women are. That is just the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Just keep knocking off those checklists. Just keep doing what you're doing. So I was like, okay. Um, And then I remember that defining moment at 30 years old, on my way to practice, see a ton of patients. And it was as if just something was shoving me back into bed when that alarm went off at seven in the morning. And I just, I couldn't even get up. I had such severe chronic fatigue that there's a there's a system in the body that we, we run on circadian rhythms. So at night we go to bed as we, as one should, you know, you turn off the Netflix, you turn off succession, you know, and, you go to <laughs> yes, <bed>. girl. <laughs> and then in the morning, there are hormones that wake your butt up there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cortisol. It's called the cortisol awakening response. And it's supposed to work every morning. That's what it's supposed to do. And (laughs) if you were have severe, severe chronic fatigue, that normal response that's supposed to work for you every single day, since you were a child, you're a baby, it don't work anymore. It stops working for you. And you literally, what, what, whatever the kickstart is, it's like turning the engine over. That's the, it goes, it goes from when you open your eyes to actually getting up to doing things that there's a kickstart that happens in the body that turns the whole thing on basically. And if, if you have driven yourself to the ground with burnout and overwhelm and stress, and you have continued to do this for, let's say eight, 10, 15 years, someday, one day that response system doesn't work for you anymore. And you can't even get out of bed. And so that is what had happened to me at 30 years old. And so for a lot of people, this could happen like 45, this could happen Mm -hmm. at 48, but it happened to me real early. And it was, it was really the wake up call that I needed to, to, to make massive changes in the way I operated. And even in, in that was its own journey, but that was the big moment for me of like, if you can't even get up in the morning anymore, we've got to do something different. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's also really interesting how much kind of gaslighting we get to about what it is that we're going through with traditional Western medicine approaches, I think, where a lot of the things that we're experiencing, extreme fatigue, adrenal fatigue, you know, some of these autoimmune conditions that everybody was like, "Eh, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's not for so long where women were just dismissed. Like, oh, you just need rest. I just had somebody tell me that. And yes, I concur, but I also think there's other stuff that's happening around this addiction to stress. And it's sort of, I think we're gaslit into it largely, largely because of having such a capitalist society that says you're valuable for what you can produce. If you're Mm -hmm. not producing anything, then you're not really that valuable to us, right? How do we start to untangle an actual addiction to that stress cycle? Right. Mm. Cause I, cause I'm guessing until your body said, bitch, calm down, you're going to stop right now. You, you would have kept going, right? Oh yeah, girl. I would have kept leveraging that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're damn right. I absolutely would have. The gaslighting didn't used to happen. It is happening. Yes. You think about the majority of the symptoms that we come into the doctor's office with every single day, they are subjective. So there is a trust gap between us and our practitioner. And there is a knowledge gap with the practitioner about how our bodies function. There's just a lot of misunderstandings and myths around our bodies and how they work. And it's so easy to just gaslight and dismiss us, especially when we come in, we just not believed. We we are not believed that we have these subjective symptoms that are being driven by true imbalances inside of the body. It's horrific. It's devastating. And so how do we circumvent that? Right. You go to your doctor, just like me, I'm like, man, all these symptoms and they may not add up. And is this how it's supposed to be? Is this how my body's supposed to work? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, just rest more or just eat less and move more. You know, no digging in, no figuring out what's going on. Um, no real integrative approach to, to no being acknowledged, no listening to me. And so on average, especially with autoimmune conditions, it takes a woman on average of five different practitioners and typically five to seven years of trying to get a diagnosis. Like that's how long it takes for someone to listen to you and say, yes, there's something going on here. Uh, that's maddening. And I'm so glad that there are people like you and there's such a wave of, uh, holistic alternatives where yes. we're going, oh, okay, this person will listen to me. I remember reading in Aviva Ram's book, the H- hormone thyroid revolution or something. She had talked about, we'll link it in the show notes, uh, that she, I think she said it takes an average of 17 years for new medical information mm-hmm. that is, you know, has just come forth to actually permeate a doctor's office where they're implementing that new knowledge 17 years and and even longer depending on what our misunderstandings are about certain people in this world you know That's right. people that identify as women we have not been able to release some of the perpetuated myths that have been going on for centuries. Again, it's that knowledge gap. Even if new information, new research is out, we still may have biases that just how we feel about a particular group of people. That's so true. I've been listening to a lot of uh, women of color or those who are in fat bodies who will talk about uh, fat biases and how every single ailment is related to weight instead of really listening or thinking, or those who are non-binary, people not understanding gender, like so much fighting against us, like as in, let's just dismiss you. Let's just you know, it's just easier to do that. Right. And, and, and we're talking about stress. I mean, absolutely. Most of us individuals, but definitely when people who identify as women, we have been, we have been brought up to that. Our worth is predicated on what we do. Our worth is predicated on who we serve. Our worth is predicated on how we take care of our families. Our, our worth is predicated on obligations. Um, and in our worth is predicated on how much we can do all the time, juggling all of it. Um, I, I, women are shamed people, you know, constantly about, oh, you're working full-time with the family. Oh, you're not working at all with your family. You know, like right. it's, it, there's, there's no winning. And, and it's all, it's all stressful. It is, there's, you know, there's, it's so, there's so much more on our plates than there's ever been before the obligations. And here's the thing, our bodies don't operate. Our endocrine system is different than those that identify as men. Mm-hmm. It's they're biological, there's different biological systems. And so how we operate in the world, when we're trying to run the business, raise the family, take care of everybody, do our pa- passions, whatever, all the things burnout is guaranteed to ensue. And the majority of us are operating in this, just rushing from one thing to the next, not even really thinking about what is going on. And you, you have to realize that every single time that you have a, oh, oh my gosh, I got to go. Oh my God, I do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. You are firing off a chemical response in the body that literally says, run, Mm -hmm. run from that tiger, run from that bear, run from whatever it is. And, you know, we, if we keep leveraging that chemistry over and over and over again, that first symptom that you're going to notice is you're just 
you're, you're worn out by the end of the day. You're, wor- you're worn out at 3 p.m. That's usually the first symptom. And, and what everyone always wants to know um, is what is that? And that is specifically mitochondrial dysfunction. Like the little powerhouses in every single cell in your body, they got the memo that it's stranger danger out there mm-hmm. and shutting down and hibernating for as long as they feel necessary until they feel safe. And over time, we start to lose those thousands and thousands of mitochondria. It, we literally do not have the energy facilities to operate like we used to operate. That's what's happening. We're just, we're literally every little cell in that, your body is screaming for a break. And (laughs) we're like pipe down, pipe down. We're like, and, 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 uh, and it, it's physically, it's a, these, these little organelles, these little mitochondria, I call them the, um, the divas of the cell, but because they are very sensitive to what's going on they, and they are demanding and they're, you know what I'm saying? And so, and because they are running the energy that lends to chronic fatigue, that lends to adrenal fatigue, that lends to brain fog, that lends to just feeling that feeling of not being resourced. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting because a lot of those ways that we would describe our symptoms are so easily dismissible, right? There's so like, oh, that's, that's nothing. We've learned to tolerate so much havoc on our systems. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday 
And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. All right, let's get back to the show. You mentioned a term just a second ago, you said rushing, we're rushing and rushing and rushing. And I know there's a a term called rushing women's syndrome. I think it was coined by Dr. Libby Weaver, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you talk a little bit about what that is and how, how do I know if I have it? Like, what are some of the symptoms? Absolutely. I I feel like I was the poster girl for rushing. Like if we were ever in a bathroom line together and I was in front of you, it is your lucky day. (laughs) I am the fastest peer you've ever met. Like I can be in and out of the bathroom. If you ever were trying to pump gas and I was the car in front of you again, your lucky day. I was just telling my husband and I'm, I'm a, you know, a recovering stressaholic. And so inefficiency was always my love language that in acts of service. And I was talking to my husband the other day and I was like, honestly, I am literally the fastest shopper I've ever known. Like in a grocery store, I, 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 I do not do a cart. I do a little basket and I can bob and weave through people like nobody's business. There are wow. days where my husband's like, how did you just grocery shop? And I parked the car. That is a rushing woman right there. Like, have you ever, you ever driven somewhere, you know, talking to your amazing people here, you ever driven somewhere and you race to get there. And then you realized that there was no reason to be there at a particular time, but like, yes. it's just your automatic way of being. Mm. It's like you're rushing to get somewhere and then you don't even need to be there. Yeah. It's like, hurry up and wait. Yeah. (laughs) Hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. And you'll say things like, um, I got to go like, or I'm in a hurry. If someone asks how you're doing, like, Oh, I'm in, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm doing something. I'm in a rush. Like you're constantly, it's like, I don't have a lot of time. I got to go that kind of languaging of ur- it's, it's urgent languaging. It's an urgent energy. What it is rushing women is um, syndrome is the biological process of you firing off the stress response system to get here, there, everywhere, based on a belief that you need to be where you need to be yesterday and that you are running at a, a high level of urgency and the biological processes that have to keep you running at that level of urgency over time is going to erode, um, and lead to severe endocrine imbalances, you know, in the body. I see a lot of women who the pattern is, and this is very much my story too, where that was my story when I was younger. And it sounds like it's very similar to where you're at now too, where I operated that way for, for very many years. And now I'm, my body is forcing me to pause, forcing me to rest. And I really think there's an element of grief that's involved in that. Like where I kind of have to grieve the level of production I used to be able to do. But then I saying, fuck the patriarchy is pretty helpful. <laughs> with that. Always. Um, Always. And really understanding capitalism and stuff like that. But I do see a lot of women out there who are trying to adapt to their body, genuinely moving slower, sometimes against their own will, like where it kind of got ripped out from under them. And so instead of really wanting to heal, and I'm sure you see this all the time, instead of really wanting to heal, really wanting to tend and be in that parasympathetic part of the nervous system. They're like, how do I get back to rushing? Do you see that? Oh yeah. Oh girl. I mean, like I (laughs) I always keep telling you I'm recovering. Right. And I I remember just kind of a little bit of a kind of the addition of that story. I remember trying to recover. I wanted to get back. I'm like, what, what smoothies do I need to drink? Like what yoga do I need to do? Like what, what is the supplement regimen to get me back in the game? What was happening is I was, I thought I was doing all the things right. And then I land, guess what? You land right back on your ass. Let me tell you, girl. (laughs) And I was like, why is it that I can't seem to fully recover from this? I'm doing all the protocols. You know, I wrote the protocols and it was, I realized that what was driving all of it and what has to shift, if this is something you're looking to heal is you got to, you got to shift the belief. 
You have to shift the belief. You have to, you have to shift the belief that your worth is predicated on how much you accomplish, that your worth is, is driven by what you get done, that, you know, your worth is driven by your successes. Um, We've got to shift that belief. And I think when the belief shifts and then we realize I'm just worthy because I'm here. I'm just worthy because there's no one like me in the world. We begin to realize, oh my gosh, like my health, you know, what is, what is that worth to me? You know, my, my peace of mind, my joy. Those are the kind of things that I think really start to come into play. We can create amazing success. We can, mm-hmm. we can live our passions. We can live our purpose without burning out. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. And, and I had a real amazing lesson in this when I had um, my bait, my son, my baby, yeah, I bet. Cause I'll tell you what, well, no, nothing will bring you to your knees of not doing, of not producing <laughs> right? than having a baby and, and like shifting gears, you know, especially as you, I, I had, I had Kingston when I was, was 41 and mm-hmm. I'm 42 now. And, and there were, I had spent many years creating a lot of successes and feeling really on purpose. It was, it was a beautiful reconciling of like, okay, we're going to keep on doing this beautiful purpose. I'm going to keep on serving, serving my community. It's just going to look different. It's going to feel different. And, um, and surrendering into that, the season that I'm in, things have continued to grow and, and it's been incredible letting go and focusing on the self-care, focusing on family focus. The big thing for this year for us is just the joy, the joy of, of, of Kingston, the joy of family, the joy of, of living. I know we don't need to rush. And honestly, it's one of the worst things we can do for our bodies over time. You get to have what you want and you don't need to fight and and clamor and and rush for it. Um, There's a lot of ways that we can do that. Still loving our bodies, still, still creating joy in our life and not, not revving up that stress response system, you know, dozens of times a day. I I really want to talk about what we can do about this. And I think you're Mm -hmm. alluding to it here a little bit with just, okay, what if success wasn't a vault of accomplishments, but what if it was how I'm feeling? You know, I mean, we know that pretty much every decision that we make in our life is rooted in emotion. It's how we think that thing is going to make us feel. Mm -hmm. We don't shoot for, you know, a successful business or promotions or anything because we think just for the fuck of it, we do it because of how we genuinely want to feel, which we have so much control over right now. So I love that you pinpointed that. I would love to talk about some other ways that we can do that. But before we do, can you talk about the effects of stress hormones and what they do to the body long-term over a longer period of time? It's, it's pretty detrimental. Um, stress is, I call, I call stress the the silent killer, um, because stress is really difficult to quantify. You know, you can feel exhausted. You could feel a migraine. You could feel pain. It's hard to always feel stress. Like maybe some of us have the tightness in our shoulders. Maybe, maybe, um, like again, you get that jolt of espresso, you know, it kicked, you may not know that's what that is, but that's stress. And you may, you may get a fluttering of that, of your heart, like things really kick in, but a lot of us we're leveraging it constantly unconscious, unconsciously all the time. We don't even know what's happening. And I just want to describe what happened. So our, the limbic system, which is the oldest part of the brain, which is the stranger danger part of the brain. You're rushing. You've got stuff. You've got a massive to-do list. You've got obligations. You are firing that system. And that limbic system, there's an, the hypothalamus is there, which is the endocrine master center. And the hypothalamus sends messages to the adrenals, to the catecholamines. And we call that the HPA axis, the hypothalamic Mm -hmm. pituitary axis. You're rushing to work. That message goes to the brain. The brain sends a, a message to the adrenals and the adrenals release catecholamines. First catecholamines that they release is epinephrine and norepinephrine or adrenaline, basically. The second one that comes into play, if this is more longstanding, like the body's like, we're going to need more juice. Then cortisol kicks cortisol, off. Cortisol, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, then yeah. it comes in. Yep. Yes. Then cortisol comes in like, oh, we need to bring in the big, the, the big guns. And cortisol is designed to manage long-term stress. Again, 
acute stress, <laughs> not constant, constant, constant stress. It's meant to just kind of clean up a little bit of that ancillary stress that you had rushing off to somewhere, except that you're rushing off to everywhere, you know? And so over time, that cortisol and think of cortisol as of all the hormones and, and most of our hormones can connect to every cell in the body, but there are three main hormones that connect to every single cell in the body it can make massive shifts in a very small amount of time, cortisol, thyroid, and insulin major metabolic hormones here. And cortisol is a global hormone that is like, stop the presses. You, I know you had, you all had to-do lists today, but I'm here and I'm in charge and you got to scrap everything you were going to do every little cell. And it is all hands on deck because there's an emergency and we're in emergency mode. And so cortisol is basically sounding the alarm, sounding the alarm. The cortisol tells the digestive system to shut it down, tells the heart to lock, to like ramp it up the respiratory system to ramp it up, blood flow to ramp up, the brain to ramp up, eyesight to ramp up because we need to be acutely aware of a danger. And that is an exhausting process. It tells the thyroid, it whips the thyroid into shape. It's like metabolically light it up. It tells insulin in the liver, glycogen in the muscles. And so it is just running the show. It's like, it don't take names. It's kicking ass. It don't stop. It don't take orders from anybody. And so you just wear down. So what ends up happening um, over time, autoimmune conditions, thyroid issues, brain fog, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, but adrenal fatigue becomes chronic fatigue, other autoimmune conditions, stomach upset, mood issues, especially irritability, cravings. You're driving that level of metabolism. Your body's like, where can I get fuel? Because wow. I think I, what if we don't have, what, what if we don't have enough fuel? So cravings, you'll find yourself kind of in this, in this roller coaster of unstable blood sugar levels leading sometimes to metabolic dysfunction, inflammation, gut inflammation, cardiovascular inflammation, brain inflammation. So over time, this wears on the system. We're talking about strokes, heart attack, type two diabetes, potentially Alzheimer's. That's what we're talking about over time. Thank God it shows up. We've got the, the flag we're waving SOS with, with the, with our endocrine system first. So usually it's the fatigue. Usually it's the brain fog. It's the irritability. It's the inconsistent. If you're cycling, you've got a, if you've got a, a menstrual cycle, it's an inconsistent cycle all over the place. Thyroid labs are off. Those are the things we're going to see first, but note if those aren't tended to, if we don't listen to those signals first and foremost, it will, con it'll continue to exasperate and you become very nutrient deficient because you burn through minerals, you burn through vitamins, you burn through all of that because you are, you're exhausting the system. So you'll also see in the lab reports, you'll start to see that your, your magnesium deficient, your vitamin D deficient, your B vitamins deficient, you're starting to show signs of anemia. That's because you are just burning through everything. So the short answer is it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so basically we need to get yeah. our shit straight or else it's really bad. And that's it's really also, bad. It's really interesting to me too, how, you know, with some of those symptoms, you would present that to some traditional Western approaches and it would be so symptom-based. It would be pop this pill, have this injection. We need to do this surgery instead of really, truly healing from within. And so I think there's a lot of shifting just mentally around what it's actually going to take for us to genuinely heal and thrive. Like that's, what's on the other side of this that we don't realize we look at all the work that it's going to take. And then we go, mm, nah, forget it. <laughs> but what we don't realize is what's beyond all of that work. This is probably a bad a medical analogy now, but let's say you have a, an, an issue that's been happening with your knee and you finally go to the doctor and they say, okay, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is you do need to have surgery or you do need to go through some extensive physical therapy. That's the bad news. But the good news is you're going to eventually be able to run these marathons. You're eventually going to be able to play with your kids or your grandkids. And so a lot of times I see people when they're working with the practitioner, that's much more holistic focused like myself or you it's, 
going through that painful part of the physical therapy or going through that painful part of re-engineering what you're putting in your system, or in my case, re-engineering your belief systems or how you're speaking to yourself or engaging with other people. That's the part that's so fucking painful, but I'm like, keep your eye on the prize. Cause on the other end of it, there's such a different thriving way of life to be had, you know? And so I think there's a mental shift. Do you see that happen a lot? Absolutely. It, it's 100% first and foremost, a mental shift. I think again, um, a lot of, you know, if we're stuck in rushing women's syndrome or rushing stress syndrome, probably, you know, we don't necessarily know that we does, we deserve wellness. We deserve energy. We deserve to feel good. You know, a, a lot of times people are shamed into feeling like that. Well, they deserved this. I deserve this because I did this to myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just not true. And it, that, that mindset shift, that first step of just like, I deserve to feel amazing. I deserve to feel good. Yes. Um, and then we can start making some of those, those little shifts. The alternative it's, it's, it's not, it's not worthwhile. Like we, it, it's gotta be, there has to be that shift, right? Cause the alternative to, to burnout over decades, um, yeah. is, is just not worth it. It doesn't, it's not going to be a life that's going to feel super great decades down the road either. And so right. it's, you know, and what I, what I love about a lot of the ways in which that we can, we can shift that, whether it's, it's the mindset first, Right. And then it is the, it's the, the belief of like, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to, to like, to love how I feel and to love the life I'm living. And then we can start building in the self-care. We can start building in the hacks to start to, to reprogram and really set you up for success. We can get to a place where we, we we're able to stop operating in that stress response mode and, and begin to, you know, rewire the way that the brain works. We rewire the stress patterns Mm -hmm. so that when that same stimulus, that same situation comes up again, we aren't triggered by it because we do know that the stress response system is also being triggered by perceived stress, you know, and also it's being triggered by past trauma. You, it could be that Um, Every time you see a dog, your system lights up and there's a trauma there that can be healed. And so um, it's important to become aware of these things. And there's, and there's a lot of, lot of beauty in the simplicity of beginning to heal this. And I can speak into what it looks like to kind of stop yourself in that stress response mode, like right then and there, but then also what we can do to send brain safety signals to the brain that tell the brain everything's okay. Well, before we find ourselves in that situation, um, where back in the day we would have been triggered by it, but today we're not. So there's a lot of things that we can do to set ourselves up for success so that we're not constantly operating in a burnout place or a stress response place. Well, I know I've heard you talk about being, uh, doing like morning rituals. And I think Mm -hmm. you have, I'm not sure if it was an article you wrote or something about jumpstarting your metabolism with three simply simple Mm -hmm. morning rituals. I would love to talk about that as a method of starting to untangle this stuff. Cause I could see people listening in going, okay, I'm bought in. I am she, what the fuck do I do about it? Like, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, you need to read Dr. Maurice's books. She has a brand new one that just came out. We'll talk about that in a second, but, um, I know you have a vault of information and work. So aside from directly working with you, which I know people will want to in that rushing cycle, they're in that burnout cycle. Talk a little bit about that morning ritual concept. So it's so a morning ritual. Let's start with the morning ritual. So let's say I talked about that stress response. Oh, sorry. I talked about this, um, the cortisol awakening response, right? And let's say you are feeling burned out. You're feeling low energy. You're feeling low resourced and whether you like it or not, you got to get up early in the morning and you got to go do the things, right? Cause they're every, you're listening to this and you're like, this is all great, but I still got to go do the things. Right. So the first <laughs> thing I recommend, cause I can't quit my job tomorrow. I still got kids. You know what I'm saying? Like I get, I totally get that too. And so, um, whether you got great sleep or not last night, whether, whether your brain turned off when it was, when you wanted it to or not, um, first thing you do within the first 10 to 30 minutes of waking up is get outside, get outside just, and, and just for 60 seconds to five minutes, just breathe, get air. And this is, this is a part of what they call hormesis, which is stressing the system a little bit in the morning to wake up those mitochondria. I want all of those mitochondria 
to wake the fuck up right now. And the way that you do that is you go, you march your butt outside and you go get out in that sun and you get out in that, that, that fresh air and you wake the system up, you wake those mitochondria up. And so they, they, sh- so they show up and report to the body for, to handle business. So that's, you're that's, basically telling those divas to get out of their trailer, yes. get on the fucking stage, <laughs> get out and of the dressing room and perform <laughs> yeah. for you. And if you do that every single day, you are going to feel a massive increase in energy, whether you change anything else or not next for that morning. And I think this, the morning is where we set the tone. The morning is your time before you get into your phone, before you get into, because guess what? Your phone has got text messages about other people's business, what they want you to do emails about, believe me, all an email is, is someone asking you to do something for them. You know what I'm saying? So before you get in and let's be honest, we are so programmed to handle other people's stuff and to take care of things that people want from us. Do not let them do that. There is plenty of time in the day later today or tomorrow to handle all of that. Believe me, their ask, their request ain't going nowhere. That's right. It's, it's, so get up, put, put a timer on that phone, you know, do not get up in that phone, um, get outside, get first thing you do. Also, besides that, get a big 16 ounce glass of water, perfectly like a lemon water, feed the gut, protect the liver, get, get, get amazing hydration to those cells. Then get your coffee, get your tea, get your matcha, get whatever, whatever you love, make your favorite yummy drink. And then the next thing I recommend, like in terms of boosting that metabolism, getting you up and running is a protein rich breakfast. So it could Mm -hmm. be, it could be an an omelet. It could be a protein shake. It could be, um, Greek yogurt with, with some berries on it and some, some, um, nuts, whatever that is. Um, and then the other thing I also recommend, um, when it comes to your coffee or your tea, swap out the sugar for cinnamon, swap out the sugar for cinnamon, because that's all going to drive awesome metabolism, wake, wake the system up. Um, then the other thing I recommend, this is just a morning routine is take your phone and have a little, like a sweet little chime on it that, that goes off every 90 minutes or goes off every hour. It's something really gentle, no dogs barking, you know, that ramps up the stress response system, something easy. And when that happens, stand up from your desk, wherever you're at, walk around, put on your favorite dance song, shake it out. How we stop the stress response system from working is movement. Your body has to feel like Mm. you've moved it out and, or take some deep breaths, just stand up, take, take, um, deep breaths. And when I recommend deep breaths is it is going to be a six count inhale, eight count exhale. Cause that allows the parasympathetic to really kick in. So, cause most of us are unconscious of when we're stressing or when we're in that yes. response system. So if you have a phone that goes off and just reminds you to reset the system, to reset the stress response system, reset those patterns, and you do it consistently enough, your body's over, over time is not going to automatically go into the stress response system. I love that. I am, I, even as you're talking, I found myself going like trying to <laughs> breathe a little bit better. And I love that you use the six and eight count because I oftentimes find if I breathe on just like a three count or something, I'm like, it's not enough. I haven't filled my lungs to capacity yet. This has been so incredibly helpful. I know that there are going to be so many people just wanting to devour all of your content and all of your many books. I understand that there's a brand new one out, the essential oil menopause solution, which definitely piques my interest. Cause I think I'm, I, I know my mom went through menopause in her forties and I'm the same age as you. I'm 42. And I think and I'm starting to see some stuff that I'm wondering if, and fuck perimenopause goes for like 10 years. I'm like, God damn it. God damn it. And we're still not paid the same as men. What the fuck? And we have to do this. Uh, anyway, I digress. so talk to me about this book. Where can they find out about you? Where do you hang out the most? All of the good things. 
Um, I hang out the most Instagram and, and on my podcast, my podcast is specifically about women's health and in really uncovering what you are told is normal or what you're told you don't need to pay attention to, or what you're told that, oh, that's just, that's just the way it is for you. That is bullshit. And that's literally what the show is about is like uncovering what the real truth of it is. So the essentially you podcast, the books are on Amazon everywhere they're sold. But if you really want to understand if you're past 35 and you were heading into the continuum of your body changing as you head to menopause, it's a 10 to 15 year journey. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> was telling me nothing. That <laughs> is literally the book. That's what the book is about. <laughs> and it's out now, right? Like It's out. It's yes, it's out. Yeah, it's out. And it's got, it's, it's got so many incredible, just manageable, doable in your own home solutions. I, I, I get that you, you ain't got time from anything else. You know, I understand <laughs> that. And so the book is all, anything I always write, anything I always say or do is, is really around that knowing, you know, right. that there's a lot that we can do that isn't gonna, it's not another massive protocol. It's not another, you know, you know, two hour, whatever, whatever. Like these are all very simple, actionable things that'll make a massive difference. And your website is drmarisa.com. And that's correct. And yes. Marisa is spelled with a Z. Yeah. M-A-R-I-Z-A. Got it. Mm-hmm. So everyone, please go check her out. I had the great fortune to be a guest on your show many moons yes. ago. And I just fell in love with you there. The shows that I'm on as a guest, I always listen to ahead of time. And there's, a, you know, so it can be an informed guest on the show. There's a very few that I actually subscribe and still listen to, but yours is definitely one of them because uh-huh. it, it, it's just essential information, which is why it's so perfect that the podcast is called essentially you please go check her out, check out the podcast. Thank you so much for lending your expertise and sharing everything with us and escaping from the poopy diapers for a minute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Put a little, some feathers on, you know, some red lipstick. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'll let you go, but, um, I just appreciate you and thank you for the work you're doing in this world. Thank you so much, Amy. Hey, I appreciate you too, girl. You're doing big things and I'm so blessed to be here today. Oh, all right. Bye my friend. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad she was available, and hopefully she doesn't have to go back to uh, wiping more baby ass. (laughs) But I wanted to have you stay tuned. Next week, I'm going to be doing a solo episode where I sound off on some of my favorite tactics for mitigating and working with stress. And last week, if you didn't catch it, I talked a lot about getting our needs met over the last couple of weeks at months, really, we've been discussing communication in relationships and what that looks like to operate from a more emotionally intelligent space. So if you haven't caught some of those back episodes, I highly suggest that you do so. And be sure to check out all things drmarisa.com. Again, Marisa is spelled with a Z. And I think you'll really be encouraged by her podcast as well. Lots of incredible information, really helpful, especially to those of us who are are dealing with crazy hormone issues and everyone is telling us, you're fine. Just suck it up and move on. And that's the last thing that we need to do. Thank you so much for hanging out and tuning in. I will see you around these parts next week. And remember, you are enough. Your voice matters, my friend. So go out there and tell the bold-faced truth. Peace. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you, bye.